Hey, it's the Perfect Faith Podcast. Welcome. It's great to have you join us today. Uh, For those of you who may not know me, I'm Kirk Klingerman, and I'm the host of this podcast, the Perfect Faith Podcast. And we are in episode 14 of season 5. We are picking back up into a series entitled The Basics. This is part 7. Last podcast or last episode, we actually kind of took a little interlude from this because we are actually in Resurrection Weekend or Easter Weekend as it's commonly called. And in that episode, we talked specifically about the physical and spiritual aspects of the cross or more specifically the cross of Jesus Christ which will actually be a great springboard into this episode, because in this episode, we're going to be talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is going back again, when we talk about the basics, it's the basic elements of the doctrine of Christ mentioned in Hebrews 6, verse 1 and 2. And we're, as it just so happens, we are in the basic number three, which is the doctrine of baptisms. And when you break that down In the Greek language, it actually means the doctrine of washings, and it really refers to the foreshadowing washings of the Old Testament rites, you know, and it showed that it pointed to the New Testament baptisms, and we covered the baptism of John or John the baptism, which is also known as the baptism of repentance, in which he called people not only to repentance, but to follow him who would come after himself, speaking of John, and in turn speaking of Jesus. And then we talked about being baptized into Jesus. Now, what it means to be baptized is to identify with the person whom you're being baptized with. It talks about being bound together with that person. It's like identity in this sense when you get into the language. It's like taking a piece of cloth, dipping it into a, a dye, in of which course that cloth becomes the color of the dye in which you've dipped it in, meaning it identified with the dye. So when we are baptized into Jesus, it means we identify with him, his death, his resurrection, but it also means that we are bound closely with him and that he owns us, essentially, because we are bought with a, with a price, And we are not our own. We belong to Jesus Christ. If we have called upon him, called upon his name and are saved, that means that we've been baptized into him. Then we talked about how water baptism is more or less an outward sign of an inward work, as many people talk about, but it's far more than that. In fact, to be water baptized, the prerequisite would mean you would have to take the spiritual plunge first. So if you weren't spiritually connected with Jesus Christ first, if you were water baptized, all it means is that you got wet. Because if there's no commitment to Jesus, that baptism really has no real significance. The prerequisite is the spiritual act of being baptized into Jesus first by receiving him and calling him your own. The other part or the other aspect about water baptism is actually pertains to a vow that we make, that we will continue in Jesus. We will continue to follow him, love him, serve him, and and, and all of the things that he's called us to do. So it's really an act of obedience. While water baptism may not be the thing that determines whether you enter into heaven, it's still important that we are baptized because Jesus commanded it to be so. It was his desire. So if Jesus wants us to be water baptized... 
why wouldn't we? And if you're one that's been pushing back on that, that's my question to you is why would you not get water baptized when that's the desire of Jesus? Unless, of course, we're in a position where we don't really want to confess Jesus as our Lord publicly, because that's another thing that's happening is we are publicly declaring our allegiance to Jesus Christ, our love and our faith and our and being faithful to him. So as we jump into this episode, we're going to talk about baptism with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to start out with Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 9. And the, this is where Jesus is talking with the disciples starting out. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but wait for what the Father had promised, which, he said, you have heard, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, going on, they gather together again, and they have another discourse with Jesus, and that's where this part of this, these verses pick up. So when they had gathered together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria." and even to the remotest part of the earth. So being baptized with the Holy Spirit is actually also known as the promise of the Father, a promise from the Father. So I will read Luke 25, verse 45 to 49 to kind of underscore this point. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And this is the Emmaus walk, is when Jesus is on the way, on the road to Emmaus, and he's talking to those that are, confused about what's going on, and this is what it says. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 33, it says, Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he had poured forth this which you both see and hear. So, in this particular passage of scripture, this talks about Peter talking to the the 3,000 that heard something going on, and he was beginning to explain to them what it was that they seen and heard. And so, what was it that they seen and heard? So, with that, we go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 6. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were gathered together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each of them, and there were all 
filled, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was given them the utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. So it was the day of Pentecost, and this is why I say last episode where we talked about the cross is actually the perfect springboard to come into this episode because the day of Pentecost refers to 50 days after Passover or 50 days after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, in which case the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples of Jesus Christ. If you remember, you had about 120 or more disciples in the upper room waiting on the promise from the Father, which is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is called. Then we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, as we, further, as we go further in his discourse with those that heard these strange tongues being spoken, even though they were hearing their own language, this really messed with their heads. It was like, what is this? I'm hearing these Galileans, these that don't speak my language, speak my language exactly. What does this mean? So Jesus, uh, so Peter goes on to tell them t- what it is that they should do, because later on they ask Peter and the, and the disciples or the apostles, what shall we do? And this is what Peter said to them. Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, For the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So now we find another terminology given that the Holy Spirit is also known as the gift. The gift. In Acts chapter 11, verse 11 through 18, it says, And behold, at that moment three men appeared in the house in which we were staying. Let me back up before I read this particular passage. If you were to read Acts chapter 10, it gives an account of a centurion named Cornelius, who was a Gentile, and he was seeking God, and an angel appeared before Cornelius, letting him know that his prayers had been heard, and that he should, that he should send for Peter, or the apostle Peter, to, to bring him to his house, who would then in turn explain to him or preach to him the gospel. And it was during that time as Cornelius and his household believed what Peter said. Holy Spirit came upon them, and they were baptized with Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with tongues and prophesy. So in this particular passage, Acts chapter 11, verses 11 through 18, Peter is given an account of what happened to his fellow Messianic Jews, if you will, or his his fellow believers who grew up Jewish. And this is what he said, And behold, at that moment, three men appeared at the house in which we were staying, having been sent to me from Caesarea. The Spirit told me to go with them without misgivings. These six brethren also went with me, and we entered the man's house, and reported to us how he had seen an angel standing in his house and saying, Send a Joppa and have Simon, who is also called Peter, brought here, and he will speak words to you by which you will be saved, you and all your household. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as he did upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he used to say, John baptized with water, 
but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if God gave to them the same gift as he gave unto us also after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, Well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. The interesting thing is, back in that particular moment, Jews were still having nothing to do with the Gentiles. It was actually forbidden for a Jew to enter into a Gentile's house. So when Peter went into Cornelius's house, this was called caused quite a ruckus for those back home. And of course, Peter just explained that they received the gift, which is the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to go a little bit farther up into Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. I know I'm reading a, a lot of scripture, but I wanted to build a foundation as to who Holy Spirit is in relation to us and the way God looks at him being both as the promise and the gift, because it'll help us understand some other areas on in the way that Holy Spirit manifests through the believer. So I'm reading in Acts chapter 19, 1 through 7. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, No, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. There were in all about twelve men. So we just now mentioned again tongues and prophecy. And these are just a couple elements in which the Holy Spirit manifests through the believer. So the question is, what's this about? Well, one thing, if you recall, Jesus said that when Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be endued with power in which you will be able to be my witnesses, right? So when Holy Spirit comes into us, or when we are baptized into Holy Spirit, God empowers us through Holy Spirit to do the things of God that we absolutely could not do on our own. Just as an example, if you remember Peter, he denied Jesus three times before uh, the crucifixion. And then afterward, of course, he was still, you know, on the fringe of things. But And so he denied Jesus before being baptized with the Holy Spirit. But then after he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, I hope this is making sense, all of a sudden, he was speaking boldly about Jesus Christ. He was no longer denying Jesus, but he was confessing the Lord Jesus Christ and declaring the way of salvation. See, he was empowered with Holy Spirit, so Holy Spirit would manifest through him, which included signs and wonders and healings and so on. So the question is, how does Holy Spirit manifest in the believer? I'm just going to talk a little bit about this. I'm not going to go into super great detail. This is something that I would encourage you to study out. I will say this, that we as believers need Holy Spirit now more than ever. 
when you consider the days in which we are in. So I'm now going to read from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 through 11. But to each of us, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Please underscore manifestation of the Spirit, okay? For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits or discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as He wills. Now, I want to say two things about this real quick, and then I'm going to kind of lay out real fast what each of these things are. One is when Paul was talking to the disciples of Corinth, they were people who came from backgrounds of multi-gods. In other words, these people previously served multiple gods. So they were in question about what the manifestation of the Holy Spirit was about. Was these different spirits or or was it something else? And of course, basically Paul's explained in, explaining to them, these are not different spirits, but they are one spirit, which is Holy Spirit. Remember earlier, I said that Holy Spirit is the gift of the Father. So we need to realize that Holy Spirit is the gift who manifests in these ways. Often these things that are listed here, which I'm going to talk about them again here in just a moment, are often referred to as gifts or have been taught to be taught as being gifts, I should say. But the reality is Holy Spirit is the gift who lives in the believer, who will manifest through the believer in these various ways. And of course, there's also some clarifying going on when you read 1 Corinthians 12 through uh, chapter 14, where he's talking about the order of things in the church when the Holy Spirit manifests through the believers. So again, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit, which by the way, when you see that singular form, manifestation of the Spirit, doesn't say manifestations, right? But it's singular, which means you can't pick and choose. The bottom line is this, all these things are available to each and every believer. It's not just one or the other. For example, it's not just one has the gift of tongues and one has the gift of healings. No, because again, these are manifestations, or the way Holy Spirit manifests, rather, I'm sorry, through the believer. So he is the gift to manifest in these ways. And of course, we, we have, as we said earlier, we have the word of knowledge. What does that mean? Word of knowledge is basically Holy Spirit explaining something that's going on that the believer would not know by himself or in of himself. It's a revelational gift or a revelational manifestation, I should say. So a person, let's say hypothetically, is going through something. They lack understanding. They don't know why they're in the situation they're in, let's just say. And someone gives a disciple, a believer, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit manifests through that disciple and says, hey, this is what's going on. And he gives them a word about this is what you are experiencing. And this is especially true when this individual would have no previous knowledge of what the other is going through, just as an example, okay? 
So word of knowledge basically says this is what's going on. Then you have the word of wisdom. And the word of wisdom essentially says this is how you are to handle what's going on. It also gives you what God's intent is behind what's happening. Then we find another one. It says um, to another, faith by the same Spirit. So people often talk about whether or not they have enough faith. Well, actually, when you have Holy Spirit living in you, you have limitless faith because you are now living by the faith of Jesus Christ who lives in us through Holy Spirit. So that manifestation takes place through Holy Spirit as we hear from God and act according to what we hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So faith is a manifestation of Holy Spirit, which simply means you've got more faith than you realize if you think you're, if you feel like you're struggling with faith. And we've had some podcasts that covered that. In fact, we had a series based on the book, um, Perfect Faith, His Faith, Not Ours. And so if this is an area of struggle, that might be worth your while to go back and and listen to those podcasts previously, or maybe even get the book, which is available on our website, which is perfectfaith.org. And that book is Perfect Faith, His Faith, Not Ours. So anyway, I don't mean to put that out as a commercial, as you will. It's just just making some tools available, or at least let you be aware that there are some available tools there for you to maybe uh, learn some things that maybe you're having a hard time understanding, you know, or if you're struggling with faith, these might be something that will help you out. Just an idea. Uh, And then it has, uh, let's see here, and and to another, gifts of healing by one spirit, which is interesting. Gifts is is plural, which then that we need to take to heart, considering gifts being plural, since we are spirit, soul, body, that means then that that healing is for the whole person. So when it comes to healing, God thinks in terms of wholeness of the whole individual. And again, break that down, you know, and compare the Word of God. Then we get into the another, the effecting of miracles, and that's pretty self-explanatory, to another prophecy. And by the way, just because Holy Spirit manifests through you and you prophesy, which means to exhort or to encourage or maybe even tell future events. It doesn't necessarily make you a prophet. Prophets prophesy as well, but that's an office as well, which you would find Ephesians chapter 4, which at this time we're not going to jump into. Another one is the distinguishing of spirits, and that's where, again, Holy Spirit will reveal to you if you're dealing with an evil spirit, or you can discern the spirit of God in someone else, or you can discern attitudes. You can discern a number of things of what's going on. I'll give you another example: is like uh, uh, the Lord can reveal what's going on in a person in the way that they are feeling. Uh, I not to get anecdotal, but this might kind of give you an example. I remember walking into a place where, prior to going in, into that place, I felt perfect peace. I was at calm. And then all of a sudden, when I stepped into this room, I felt this fear. And it's like, what's this about? And then I got the sense of, this is what this other individual in the room is feeling. That's what they're going through right now. So now I'm discerning what's going on in the other person, right? Again, it can give you the discerning of whether you're dealing with something that's demonic. You know, occasionally we do bump up against that. And, and so on, you get the point, I think. And then to another various kinds of tongues, which we talked about. And of course, to get a better understanding of that, read 1 Corinthians 14. 
and then to another interpretation of tongues. So if someone speaks in a different language, someone gives the Holy Spirit will give the interpretation to either that person or someone else that's hearing what's being said. So again, these are how Holy Spirit manifests through the believer amongst, you know, other things as well, including the fruit of the Spirit and so on. So again, when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, we are endued with power for service. We are endured, endued with the ability to do the things that God's called us to do. So fear not, God's God is covered. Just as the Word says, He's given us great and precious promises that we might be partakers of His divine nature. He's given us everything we need to accomplish the mission. He's given us everything we need to be who He's called us to be. So have confidence in Him. Have confidence in the Holy Spirit living in you takes a lot of pressure off when you realize you've got the comforter, the helper. And if you want more understanding, I would suggest reading John chapter 12 through 15, where Jesus talks a lot about Holy Spirit. There's a lot to study, for sure. But with that, we're going to end. We're going to stop. So be blessed, my friend. <laughs>